What's up, Gang Count Nation? Tasha, I want to make a hit checking in. And you're about to hear the show presented by Express Sons Rooms of Columbia. Spurs up. Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game! Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. I'll watch him celebrate now! Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. Greetings and good Monday morning. Welcome aboard to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Live from the Sinorama Studios and very proudly presented by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. JC, JB, and Phil here until 1 o'clock this afternoon. And we'll be joined by Monty Lee coming up in less than 20 minutes as well. The assistant head coach of South Carolina's baseball program that this weekend took two of three from the Clemson Tigers, and they have moved up in the rankings as well. Uh, so certainly looking forward to recapping what happened in Clemson, in Greenville, and in Columbia uh, with Monty, who, of course, formerly wore the jersey from that team from the upstate. Keith Alsep will join us to lead off our number two as well. The ladies win their seventh tournament crown in nine years in the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament Championship game played up in Greenville as well. The men, they also win this weekend. The softball team, undefeated. What a weekend it was uh, for Gamecock Athletics. Really, nobody lost, really, for the most part, except for Friday night's uh, L up at uh, Doug Kingsmore Stadium. Signorama is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics, and you can look behind me if you're watching the screen and you'll see it, but if you're anywhere else in Columbia around the university, you see all of their work. And it is spectacular. There's a reason why the Gamecocks choose Sinorama in Columbia, and you should too. No matter what it is, interior, exterior, vehicle graphics, banners, tablecloths, and everything under the sun when it comes to signs, they can handle all of it from design, production, install, and to that exceptional service that Matt Vaughn and his team provide at Sinorama. We're thankful they're partners with us. We know the Gamecocks are as well. Sinorama in Columbia, and of course, they – uh, present our studios to you every day. But guys, uh, it was a hell of a weekend for the University of South Carolina's athletics department. I know that Ray Tanner woke up with a big smile on his face this morning because right now things are going pretty good. What's up? 
Yeah, not bad at all. Happy that my town could facilitate such winnings here on <laughs> the part that it had in it. Happy to have everybody. I know everybody was up here enjoying Greenville. Saw everybody out on the roads, which, uh, you know, was all right. But, uh, man, you couldn't have asked for a better weekend, I don't think, with the exception of maybe, you know, winning that game on Friday. But we'll take the two out of three series win for sure on the baseball side of things, GB. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it's a disappointing result on on, Monday, on Friday night, but that, yeah, people be able to understand, you know, yes, Clemson's struggling. I, I still think they do have some good baseball players uh, on that team. I, I think they're going to be problematic for uh, some teams this year with the way they like to get moving on the base pass. Uh, and if they're pitching like it was Friday night's going well, they're going to win their share of games in the ACC. Keep in mind – Eric Baggage is a good coach. He's one of the best coaches in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, look at where this guy's been. I mean, he, he was at Maryland, and uh, last time I checked, he set up a Maryland team to come to Columbia in 2014 when the program was still kind of rolling and shocked the Gamecocks in the regional. Y'all remember that? First time oh, yeah. they'd ever lost a regional at home. Yep. Uh, and then get, it goes to Michigan and, and takes a team that has no business playing past a regional all the way to the final series in Omaha. That's hard, you know. Um, yeah. Clemson's got three times the resources Maryland and, and Michigan do. So he's well, – let's give him credit. He, he's a good coach. He had the guys focused. Um, you know, I, I think in, in baseball you have to understand, too, that uh, you're going to have peaks and valleys when you hit. It doesn't matter how good of a hitting team you are. Uh, keep in mind it's a sport where 30% of success is a, is a big-time success at the plate. It's hard to hit a baseball. Um, I would have been very concerned had how this team played through the first 15 games, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, 15 innings of the series was sort of the norm that we've seen this year, but it's not. It's uh, This team's been able to hit it, bounce back, and win games in different ways. Uh, and I thought Saturday was just uh, Gamecock baseball. I mean, you know, uh, previous teams here, especially in recent years and really for the last 10 or so, they come back and tie it finally after being frustrated the whole weekend. Uh, And then Clemson runs off, what, four runs? It goes up seven to three. Mail it in. Previous teams. This bunch didn't – I mean, they went right back out there and flinched. And uh, great to see Carson Hornet get that big-time home run, clutch home run there. Uh, And then who was it? Messina put it into the condos. Yeah, that was. I good. mean, whew, shoe buddy. <laughs> Yesterday would have been a whole lot worse had the wind not been blowing uh, at Founders Park because they, they missed how many home runs? So, um, yeah, probably four. I, uh, I, I, I thought that was a dominant win, and James Hicks, nasty, yep, completely nasty. Um, so I, I thought it was, you know, there are some people complaining uh, about dropping that first game, but look, folks, baseball is not an undefeated sport. The, be- the best record this university's had during the regular season was 50 and six. And you can ask Kip Bocknight next time he joins us, a team lost to Elon at home, <laughs> Elon. Mm-hmm. I think they were still the fighting Christians back then, not the Phoenix. You know, they changed that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's just baseball. I mean, it's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. Uh, I texted JB Friday night. It's like, this is just like like 
the Marlins or somebody playing a really good Yankees team in the first game of the college of, of, of the World Series, and, and they they'll take game one and everybody talks for twenty four hours about oh can they pull the upset and then the next thing you know it's four one and everybody remembers that the Yankees dominated the World Series. You know, it, it's baseball's just not an undefeated sport. It's not so. Anyway, um, I don't know how to fix uh, my title here because it's not snowing, but it is thunderstorming today <laughs> outside. So if I lose you guys, it's because my power's out. Well, we, we hope that doesn't happen. Um, no. And, um, again, Monty Lee's coming up in 10 minutes, so we know you don't want to miss that conversation, JC. Yeah, look, uh, this was an outstanding weekend for Carolina baseball. Um, absolutely outstanding in how they were able to win this series. And – you know, if you win every series, regardless of who you play, I got news for you. You are, at the end of the year, going to be a top 16 national seed. Uh, and and that's what that's what matters. So, um, this, is, this was a great, 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 great weekend for Carolina baseball. It actually played out. I, I, I mentioned this to you, JC, when we were texting pretty much exactly how I thought it would. I thought that they'd have some trouble on Friday night. Um, with a bunch of dudes going up their first road game in you know, some of the young guys who've never even been on the road in college. And then you got a bunch of guys who's transferred in. That is going to be an electric atmosphere in Clemson, in a Clemson Carolina game at Doug Kingsmore. It absolutely was. Then you throw in, you know, they're, they're bounced for a couple of hours because of weather. And it just, you know, I didn't have the warm and fuzzies going into, into the ball game, but, Again, as I, JC, texted you on Friday night, they'll get them tomorrow. And and I thought that they really would. And um, and boy, did they respond. We talked to Coach Lake on Friday. And I don't know if y'all remember this conversation, but, but you know, I mentioned to Coach Lake, my guy for the weekend to kind of bust out of it, have a big moment, was Carson Horning. And um, and luckily, he agreed, and and he did. Boy, he had a moment. His moment changed the whole thing. When that ball left the yard on Saturday, and then yesterday, uh, you know, personally, I truly thought that they would dominate the ball game. I just did. Uh, they, they, you could feel it, and they were feeling it. And James Hicks is a guy who you're going to see. You're going to see that a lot. He's he's not always going to be on Sundays. You know, James Hicks is a guy that you can plug in and stretch him out almost as long as you need to stretch him out. That might be on Friday night. It might be on Saturday. It might be on Sunday. I don't know when it's going to be, but he's going to be a huge factor in securing series victories uh, throughout the season. And and I think they're kind of starting to to figure out the roles that they want these guys to be in. Uh, offensively, they, they got it figured out. They got it turned around. I think they feel pretty good about where they are there. Certainly some guys who, you know, still need to get it going. But there's always going to be a guy or two in the lineup that needs to get it going. You can't have all nine guys just clicking at the same time. That doesn't work. It doesn't happen. It's never happened. It's never going to happen. Um, that's just, as you mentioned, it's called baseball. Uh, and, and things like that are, are just going to be the case. Defensively, they got some things that they need to clean up. But, you know, Monty will probably say it here in just a little bit. And, and you know, I'll continue to believe the guys that, that, that coach these guys in practice every day. You know, are they going to be elite? No, we've seen elite defensive teams. But are they are they better than what they've shown? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They are. They are. Um, so I don't have the grave concerns that some people do defensively. I mean, Wingo, I've had many conversations with him privately. He likes this group defensively. Um, they just got to get some things cleaned up. 
and they will. They will. Um, 14 errors is only three more than Florida and Vanderbilt. So, you know, it's not like they're booting everything that's that's handed off to them. So, great weekend for those guys. Great weekend for the ladies. Congratulations to the men. Congratulations to the to the softball team and what they've been able to accomplish. Just a tremendous, tremendous weekend for Gamecock Sports. And hopefully it keeps rolling right along here. South Carolina now up to 20th in the country in the D1 baseball poll. For those RPI watchers, they were they were in the 60s last week, now seventh in the country. That's why I mentioned, you know, none of this stuff means anything early in the year. Um, but Carolina bounces up, you know, basically 60 spots uh, over, over four days in RPI. So we just you, – you start looking at that stuff in May. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Nana Sports Chat Box Award winning. Brian says this is our state. Got that text from a few people this weekend. Because that yeah. does that means the sweep, you know, the Gamecocks uh football, men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball, won it all. That hadn't happened in 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh and, and I think that says a lot, you know. I mean, because I think a lot of people were maybe thinking that would never happen or, or maybe not would happen in a while, but uh you know, really nice, uh, you know, really, really nice uh, performance against the arch rival uh, this year. Um, uh, Clint says defense was beyond awful on Friday. Yeah, he says, Clint's just accept the team won't be great defensively. Some of the errors can be cleaned up, but some of it's just lack of ability. I don't know. I mean, what, what, the, the infield, LaCroix, I mean, I think he might is be my Kevin Madden an answer there. I mean, would he be more no, no, a better no, answer there? No, I wouldn't no. think so. I mean, Kevin's no, pretty LaCroix good. is going to be fine. LaCroix is going to be yeah. fine. He's I think that's a blue collar kid, uh, man. He's going to be fine. He's man, be he's fine. been playing great. Oh, I mean, up until you know, just a couple of little flubs, but you know, lost well, ball, that ball, and, that ball and, in the sun. Yeah, I mean, that, that thing was hit to the moon, and oh, you're staring man. right into the damn sun to get it. He drops it, and, and then he comes back and knocks it over the fence. I yeah, mean, right. that, that's resiliency. <laughs> that's resiliency right there. First homer of the year for Thomas McCord. Jazz says, JC with a little James Dean grease on the day on point. Yeah, that's kind of my normal hair. You guys don't. Because I've been shaving it and growing it out and shaving it and growing it out and shaving it and wearing visors and stuff. So you guys don't uh you guys don't know this hair, dude, do you? This it's my it's my normal hair. Uh yes. Michael says, uh there's nothing the shows nothing but ads. Nice. Very well done. Yeah. You yeah. know, um um Michael says this is interesting. Michael says he's a little worried about Will Sanders. Um uh, I, he's not been dominant. Uh, he needs to. He, he, there's some things he needs to work on. But to me, I think it's just a matter of time, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He look. I. It's this will be interesting to see. And I, you know, I don't know if this is a question we even need to bring up with Monty in a couple of minutes. I, I don't think it is because I'm not sure that even if he had the answer, he'd give it to us right now. And I don't blame him. You know, it, it might be where you need to consider flip flopping the the Friday Saturday roles. Of course, you got Bethune Cookman coming up, and so and Will Sanders. You know, you want him to work through things. He's got he's got to get that changeup going. That's that's the thing. He's got to get that changeup going. When he gets it going, he's it's really hard to to do anything against him. Um, but you know, he he is. You got a guy on Friday night who is a first round draft pick. Okay, so generally with those guys, you just work you just work through it. You just work through it. It's not like you got a guy who's not capable. I mean, this dude is capable of shutting anybody down, and you don't know when that moment's coming. And when it does come and it starts to click in, 
watch out, you know, because generally these, you know, they start feeling it. So I don't know if they'll consider maybe sliding him to the Saturday role. It also kind of give him an extra day of rest, you know, give him a give him a night of nine innings to kind of watch the hitters and things like that. Or if they'll say, hey, look, no, no, your stuff's good. We'll work through it. We'll see what happens. But nonetheless, they've got three fantastic weekend starters and they're 11 and one. Okay. So you just you just work through the kinks, and uh, you got a, you got six games before SEC play gets here, and uh, you figure it out, and I think they will. Yeah, you'll see. Well, all right, let's get to a break. We got Monty Lee coming up yeah. on the other side, and uh, certainly great to talk to him after a weekend like this. Uh, as we continue to review the baseball series, got Keith at the top of the hour. I have some very interesting questions about women's basketball to ask him. So we'll be back okay. after this break inside the Gamecocks the show. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game Pops. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, a couple of painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters, and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper and they offer pressure washing find them on facebook or call 803-522-6832 a couple of painters proud partners of inside the gamecocks the show are you sick and tired of your business computer guy yes he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests yeah same here i'm paying him good money i constantly have issues and i'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fees low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699? 1001 is Matt's contact number. Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843 699 1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is former All American shortstop Drew Meyer. And you're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Gamecocks. 
Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody, brought to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. We're, of course, in the Sinorama Studios, and we're joined on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than Associate Head Baseball Coach, Monty Lee. Coach Lee, great uh, series win this weekend. How you feeling? I feel really good. I uh, hope you guys can hear me okay. I'm traveling today. Uh, got a um, got to go recruiting today with it being our off day. So got to get out and see some prospects. So hopefully you guys can hear me. Okay. But yeah, great weekend. Um, you know, it was awesome game. Uh, awesome game on Saturday. I mean, what, what a, what a pivotal, what a pivotal game for us. It was a must win to get us back in the series and down seven to three, just so proud of, you know, guys like Carson Hornig, uh, you know, who's been in and out and, you know, came up with just a monster two-strike, three-run homer. Cole Messina, you know, obviously, uh, you know, hit the big home run after that to extend the lead. And just really proud of the way that our guys fought, you know, there at the end of the game on Saturday to put us in a position we knew, obviously, coming home uh, for game three, if, uh, you know, if we could we could win game two, that it's going to be awfully tough to beat us, knowing we got guys like Mahoney and Hicks. Uh, available and felt like we had done a good job offensively. Even, even though we didn't uh, score, you know, score many runs on Friday night, we we felt like we wore down some of their better relievers to put us in a position, you know, to get those guys, you know, fatigued a little bit. Uh, you know, felt like we got in the pen, saw their pin arms on Friday night, and got their pitch counts up. So, you know, even in a game where we didn't necessarily play uh, play well. We felt like we did some things even in that loss to put, you know, the advantage back to us uh, if we could win the game on Saturday. Uh, and obviously that's what happened. It, uh, you know, they were a little bit shorthanded in the bullpen and, um, you know, and, and we certainly played well at home in front of a great crowd to win the series. Monty. Uh, we were talking to Coach Lake, and we can hear you fine, by the way. You, you sound great, and you, and you look great because we've got your picture up here. So anybody that's tuning in wondering why you're not blinking, that's not a live shot there. He's uh, he's in the <laughs> car. That's a, that's, that's a stock photo from Gamecock Athletics. Uh, Monty, we were talking to Coach Lake on Friday, and and I mentioned to, to, I mentioned to him, I, you know, I thought Horning would have a big, big role in the weekend because he had – He's such a pure good hitter, and and he's kind of a blue collar guy too, and and we know that he's been working hard to kind of bust out of the little funk he's been in to, to start the season, and he did have that moment on Saturday, like you mentioned, and and it propelled you to the series win. But kind of walk us back through what what you have been working on with Carson. You know what's been going on the last couple of weeks, and just kind of how you help a guy like him work through his kinks to to get where we all know he's capable of being? Well, one of the first things, uh, you know, this goes back to the fall. I, I'm a firm believer when it comes to, uh, you know, someone who's in my role being the hitting coach, I, I think it's very important that whatever adjustments you're going to make with a hitter that you do them in the fall and that you work on them consistently so that by the time the spring rolls around, um, you're not trying to make very many mechanical adjustments with your hitters. That's, you know, my goal is always that's to get them, get them right at the end of the fall. So that when you come into the spring, if you had to make some adjustments, you've got a good foundation and, and you don't have to make, you know, wholesale changes from a, from a swing standpoint. Um, you know, the thing I noticed about Hornig in the fall was just how, 
how good his approach is at the plate and how good his eyes are. We call him the eagle just because he's got an eagle eye at the plate. He doesn't swing out of the strike zone very much, and that's just, you know, a God-given ability that that he has. So we knew what we were going to get from a, a plate discipline standpoint. We also could see that he has tremendous power potential. You know, it, it hadn't come out of him quite yet, but we knew it was in there. Uh, we just had to get him – uh, you know, we just had to get him in a position to be able to time up above average fastballs. Um, and he worked on, you know, some timing things, the ball, just very, very simple things. And, and when you're working with hitters, it's all about finding the right cues that, that the player can relate to. And we felt like we had found some cues to help Carson and Carson and I communicate on a regular basis. And he is a very self-motivated, self-driven player. Um, just felt like his time had gotten a little bit out of whack early in the season. And, um, you know, he, he just worked on his timing and worked on some simple cues that he and I had established had really helped him in the fall. And, uh, you know, he's the one that certainly deserves the credit. He just, he just had to keep working and, and we knew it was a matter of time. And, uh, you know, we certainly believed in him and I, I mean honestly like we don't we, we we don't win the series if it's not for him I, I know that there's a lot of other guys that that certainly deserve a ton of credit um in the series but we we don't win the series if it's not for Carson Hornig that the three-run homer to put us up eight to seven is is the reason why we won the series. Uh, that one we don't uh, so, uh, you know, it's just a matter of him coming that work. He started that all up and well, the cell. Depending on what part of South Carolina he's in. Can you hear us, Scott? Can you hear us, Monty? kind of breaking up a little I, bit. I, I'm in a pretty good spot. I don't know if I don't know if you guys can hear me. Uh there you go. Get you back. I mean, uh, you got you I'm back. Just came back. Of the middle of nowhere. Okay. Sorry. I'm I'm in between I'm in between Whitmire and Union. So if you know where that is. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> 176 I think. Yeah. I think 176. <laughs> that is correct. I'm driving I'm driving on, I'm driving on 176. Yeah. I'll take you to Spartanburg eventually. You'll get you'll get back home, back to back to back to the hometown there. You know, well, that's my hometown. That's right. My hometown. His hometown. Uh, yeah. So, uh, well, Coach uh, James Hicks on the mound Sunday. I thought he was nasty. Uh, I thought, uh, and he's been that way. But man, uh, what can you say about his performance? Just coming in there and, and shutting him down the rest of the way. Well, he looked like Greg Maddox. I mean, if there's anybody <laughs> I could compare him to it would be greg maddox i mean he threw five innings i think he threw 53 pitches in five innings you know he throws a wiffle ball for a fastball i mean it's a turbo sinker just like greg maddox i mean he pounds the strike zone you know he he throws a fastball you know really over the middle of the plate and it runs so much you just you don't have much of a chance of being able to square that fastball up uh then he throws a slider you know that tunnels right off the fastball and it breaks the other way i mean he's He's a college version of Greg Maddox. I mean, I, I don't – I would hate to face him if uh, – I, I, I would hate for our lineup to have to face Hicks because I think we all know just how good he is and 
I mean, you talk about a guy that's just so cerebral out there and just so under control. Um, you know, it's just he's just out there playing catch uh, in front of, you know, 10,000 people like it's nothing. And uh, it's really impressive to watch him go about his business. It was. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's Greg Maddox. I mean, I, I don't know how else I can put it. I, I haven't seen anybody pitch like that, and, you know, and it. it it, except for a guy like Greg Maddox. It's uh, pretty dang impressive. I'm certainly glad that he is wearing Garden in black and, and not <laughs> pitching against us. Is he, is he kind of – is that kind of – at least as you see it now, I know things change uh, overnight sometimes, but is that kind of his role? You'll, you'll get into the weekend and, and just kind of figure out what game he can be the most impactful in somewhere in the middle of the inning, in, in the middle of the ball game. Well, I, I certainly think right now that that's, that's the best way to use him. I mean, when you look at our starting rotation, uh, you know, with Sanders, uh, with Hall and Mahoney, you know, th- those guys have all thrown well. I think, you know, you know obviously, uh, and all three of those guys are capable of giving you tremendous starts. So, I mean, if you've got a lead on a Friday, you've got a lead on a Saturday, a lead on a Sunday, like anywhere that you need somebody – you know, to take the ball and take you home because Hicks is a starter. Um, you know, he's he's like a piggyback guy. That's kind of what I would – that's where how I would describe him. And that's the great thing about having him. That's the great thing about having Jerzenbeck. And the great thing about having Becker is that you can use all three of those guys like that. Like, you can bring them in the game behind the starter. And if they have their stuff going, they can take you home from there. Um and I, I think Hicks just gives you the ability to save your bullpen um, because he can give you three, four, five innings in relief, um, and he throws so many strikes. I just think it's a calming presence to have a guy like that that you can bring behind one of those starters with a lead and just know, like, the other team's going to have to beat him to beat him. Like, he's not going to beat himself. You're not going to have to worry about the free 90. You know, you're not going to have to worry about a ton of extra base hits because with that level of sync that he can create on his fastball, he's just a ground ball machine. So he can just minimize damage. Um, and, you know, he's a guy that you're going to have to beat, and, and he's awfully hard to beat uh, with, you know, the way that his fastball moves and the command that in which he, you know, he pitches with. Coach, you're through um, 12 games now, 11 yep. and 1. How would you uh, – how do you feel? How would you describe what you've seen out of your guys so far? Well, I think it's always – you know, I, I, I've always looked at it as things are never as good as they seem and they're never as bad as they seem. And, and I look at what we're doing well and I look at areas that we need to improve upon. I think the things that we're doing well, um, you know, right now one through nine, you, you look at our lineup and even when we have guys that aren't necessarily hitting – they can put together good at bats for you. Um, and, and that's kind of a testament to what we believe in. We believe in plate discipline. We believe in, we believe in, look, we're going to get on the plate. We're going to grind out at bats. We're going to take our HVPs. That, that was something that, you know, I, I, I told our guys at the beginning of the year, like the box is ours. If a pitcher's going to pitch us in, we know we're going to, we're going to focus on trying to hit the ball to the opposite field. We're going to we're going to own the outside part of the plate. And if anybody tries to pitch us in because of it, that's that's telling that's telling us that they they respect our offense, because the only way you can get us out is by pitching us in. 
And when you pitch us in, guess what happens? If you hold your ground, you get hit by pitches. And, you know, that's a blue collar mentality that you got to have that, you know, I told our guys, look, I want you to erupt like you just hit a home run when you get hit by a pitch, because that's a testament to the blue collar nature in which we want you to approach your at bats. And right now we're second in the country and hit by pitches. And I think that says something about our lineup. Um, you know, we just grind out at bats. We do have some power, uh, but the consistency of just putting together quality at bats and wearing pitchers down, we just lean on you for, for nine innings. And, and that's, uh, that's the thing I'm most proud of uh, so far. Um, you know, I, I'd like for us to be able to cut down on our strikeouts some. You know, yesterday I know we scored seven runs, but, you know, first two times through the order, we were doing a great job. Third and fourth time through the order, I thought, you know, we gave away some at-bats that I felt like we, we could have done a better job there. Hmm. Um, you know, teams that are going to pound the strikes on against us and force us to swing the bat, you know, we've got to understand when we need to be selective. We've got to understand when we need to be aggressive. And that's something that we'll continue to adjust and look at. Um, you know, defensively, we got to continue to improve. Um, but, you know, all in all, you know, I, I feel like offensively we've done a really good job, uh, you know, considering, uh, you know, considering where we're at in the season. Uh, so, you know, we faced a great pitching staff in Penn, you know, Felt, and we scored seven runs and six runs in two games there. Uh, you know, we had two really good offensive days, you know, against the Tigers. Uh, so, you know, all in all, I, I don't know if we could ask more out of our offense um, than we've been getting. But on the other side, you know, we, we've got to continue to work on the areas that we need to improve upon because we know, uh, you know, the SEC is coming. And yeah. uh, you want to be playing your, your best baseball. You want to be clicking on all cylinders uh, once you get into SEC play. Yeah, you, you better be. You got 15 games of the 30-game league schedule against the top eight teams in the country right now. Uh, and, and who's to say y'all aren't one of the top eight teams in the country as well? You know, we'll just have to kind of see how this thing plays itself out. I can only imagine how much ice – is being made every day, by the way, in the clubhouse with 38 HBPs. I mean, these dudes are probably walking in there just uh, trying to cool off as much as they can. Um, Coach, Ethan Petri is, you know, through 12 games, he's a freshman. Uh, he's he's hitting 444, five balls have left the yard. Um, of his 36 ABs, he's only struck out seven times. Uh, he's also been hit a couple of times. He's walked four times. So that, that number's about, you know, right where he wanted to be walks in, in HBPs and strikeouts. How, how would you describe this young man, his maturity as a freshman at the plate, his approach, he hits to all fields. Could, is there anybody that you look back on your career that you've coached and could reasonably compare him to? Because boy, he's been special. Oh man. Uh, Trying to compare him to somebody, I'd, I'd have to give that some thought. He, he's, you know, it's, he, he's a really interesting kid because when if you've ever stood beside him, he is a giant. I mean, he is a he is a really big kid, and it you, you usually don't see kids who have that level of length in their arms and and that height that can stay inside the baseball as well as he can. I mean, a lot of his power. And a lot of his hits are to the middle of the field and to the opposite field. Usually when you see a kid of that size, 
they have a, they have a hard time staying inside the baseball with their barrel and, and usually are a little bit longer and a little bit more uphill uh, from a swing standpoint and, and usually pull the ball a little bit more. He doesn't do that. You know, he does a really good job of staying of staying inside the ball and using the whole field. And he's got a great approach at the plate. Uh, you know, look, and he was a work in progress. I mean, he's a kid that, you know, when he came in, uh, you know, he he was still a little bit raw. You could see the power potential, but you knew he had great work ethic and he was a great kid. But he's a little bit raw at the plate. And he just worked on learning how to use the whole field. And, you know, just every day, just, you know, hitting the ball to right field and, understanding you know that that he has power that way and you know one of the things i kid with ethan a lot about is like hey you realize when you hit it over the fence to right field it counts just the same as if you hit it over the fence to left field right <laughs> like you, you can if you've got power to right field like when you hit it over the fence it they count just the same regardless of where you hit them and i think he kind of took that to heart and just understood that if i just have a great approach at the plate and you know, hit the ball hard the other way, then it just opens up the field for me. And he's uh, he's done a great job. I don't know if we could have – and, look, we've played him. He's played some third. He's played some first. He's playing right. Like, we've moved that guy around. That's We've asked a lot out of him defensively, too, uh, as a true freshman, and I couldn't be more proud of of him and, and just, uh, you know, the hard work that he's put in. And, uh, you know, he's certainly on his way, in my opinion, of having – uh, a very bright future for us. Ooh, boy, there's no question about that. What did, what did you, you – you know both of these programs. I mean, you were at Clemson last year. You're, you're here now. Um, you know, obviously the Tigers not off to the, the start to the season that, that they would want to be. Monty, you know the large majority, I would say, I guess, of kids in, in that dugout, and you know the makeup of that program. Uh, this is maybe the best rivalry in college baseball. It's certainly one of the top two or three. There's no question there. Uh, and But coming into the series, y'all thus far had been much more successful, at least from a record standpoint, than what Coach Backich has been able to achieve early on here in, in his tenure. What, what, what were you preparing your Gamecocks for? You know, going into this series this past weekend, understanding the makeup of, of that program, um, understanding they were probably going to try to use this as a springboard to really get themselves going. So what, what did y'all walk into in this series and get out of with a series victory? Well, as far as my role, my biggest role was just to try to prepare our offense for their pitching staff. So I did, you know, Mike Current and I work hand-in-hand hand on this, and Mike Current deserves a lot of credit. It just behind the scenes just – he works so hard uh, when it comes to the scouting reports and he and I work together on scouting reports and, and, and share our ideas as far as kind of how we think we need to approach each pitcher. Um, but we just spent a, a tremendous amount of time, you know, looking at their starters. And uh, we obviously had to kind of switch course a little bit because, you know, the day before, uh, you know, game one, you know, we found out that Ammons wasn't going to be able to start and, Look, that's a huge blow for the Tigers anytime you've got your Friday night guy and he can't pitch. Um, I mean, just look what happened. Obviously, kind of on the flip side last year, uh, you know, the Gamecocks, you know, didn't have Hicks and, and several other guys uh, available. And we knew uh, going into the series that, you know, anytime you're losing starting pitching options, it's going to it's going to it's going to hurt you. Uh, but not having Ammons uh, on Friday night. 
and, and you bump your Saturday guy up to the Friday start. And look, Gordon pitched really well. Um, and then you take, you know, your best bullet out of the bullpen in Smith, and he starts. I mean, look at, I mean, Tristan Smith, he threw in incredibly well. Uh, we knew he was super talented, um, probably the most talented pitcher on their staff, but a true freshman starting game two of the rivalry in Greenville. That's, that's tough. It's tough. Um, so, you know, I think it was more, again, like, you know, we had some success because of the domino effect of losing their Friday night guy um, and some of the reshuffling that they had to do, you know, to try to compete this weekend. Uh, but really just trying to prepare our hitters for what they were going to see from their pitching staff. Um, you know, as far as the hitters, you know, obviously tried to help Parker, uh, you know, with, with their main guys. Um but, you know, I, I tell you, I mean, honestly, it was it was an awkward thing. Uh, I'd never I'd never really. Well, I guess I had done that before when I was coaching at Clemson against the College of Charleston. That was probably the other, you know, other time that I had, uh, you know, had to do that coach against my you know former team. So it was tough. I mean, it, it was tough yeah. from yeah. that standpoint, just because, again, like it's again, it's the people that makes the place, right? It's not the place that makes the people. And there's great kids there and kids that I'd recruited and coached and, you know, love them to death. So it was, uh, but when the game started, look, it's about winning games. I mean, that's my responsibility and my job. And I wanted nothing more than to, you know, to win this series and do everything I could to, to do that. And, uh, you know, but, uh, but it is tough looking across the field and, and seeing so many kids that you care about. Uh, but, um, but we all know that, look, you know, the, the heat of the competition, especially in a series like this, the rivalry like this, it kind of supersedes all that. And you're trying to beat each other. So uh, but uh, but, yeah, that was it. Just trying to prepare our hitters for their pitchers. And, you know, all in all, I think we did a pretty good job of taking the game plan and executing it, uh, you know, for, you know, for the for the three games. Yeah, there's no doubt. I, I, you know what, man? I, I like that. I mean, I know you recruited a lot of those guys, and I'm not going to ask you to answer any questions. I'm just making a comment here. I like that Clemson team. I actually think as the year goes on, Monty, I think they're going to get better, and Gamecocks are going to look back at this series and go, wow, you know what? That was a, that was a really good series win once they kind of get themselves figured out. But it, that conversation is probably for for another day. All right, so you're, um, I, we, I know we got to let you run here in, in just a couple of minutes because you're off to – sign the next superstar uh to to put in a gamecock uniform hopefully but um but uh you've got some you got some some tough ones this week uh you get to see the dogs tomorrow they always look at this as a big challenge got to go back to greenville and take on usc upstate who already took down clemson earlier in the season monty so you mentioned sec play is coming up here uh in the next couple of weekends um the, but you got six games to, to get there what, what are what are what are y'all as a collectively as a group most focused on well i think we all like i mean call big Sorry, we'll get back another time. It's, it's okay. Oh, hey, look, I've driven that road before. 
Man, it's a long and lonely that. road. Yeah, yeah, it it's, is. Uh, it's like fly that ah. song about slaughter, fly to the angel. That was a great question too, because I wanted to hear about upstate. Oh, yeah, I know. That's why I was waiting on his report about that. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's we'll get a break, break ahead and come back. Yeah, we'll hit a break. Yep. This is send our apologies to Coach Lee. Ah, it's okay. It's uh, I've been there. See ya. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh, easy. He's got a tiger by the tail. He has. He better hang on too. People have spoken. Nana's porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper Public Poll. Also, their pimento cheese mm, took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern Cuisine, with an uptown twist. We're well into the new year and the days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks. Nation. Do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Uh, this is Coach O. Now back to the show. Go Tigers. In the soul. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call, 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with them to talk about how they can bring some more sunshine into your life this summer. And, of course, first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Cindy's out of Spartanburg. Give her a call for your upstate residential real estate needs, 864-414-5271 is how to get in touch with her. And we appreciate all the live viewers that we have every day. Love our audience. Get to interact with you on the Nanosports chat box. Pardon me. Award-winning Nanosports chat box. But do us a favor. Give us a like and subscribe to YouTube. If you haven't already, it doesn't cost you a thing. Just punch a little button over there and give us a thumbs up. Really helps us with our numbers. And that way yeah, no we doubt. Bring on uh, less advertisers and just charge the ones we have now more. No. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's business. Uh, I, I want to I point out a couple of things, too. And we, by the way, folks, we, we have plenty of basketball coming because Keith Olsep oh, yeah. will lead off uh, hour number two. And we will certainly go heavily into uh, the, the women's basketball program, their achievements, and the men finishing the regular season on a high note. Seven o'clock tip on 
Wednesday night at the uh, SEC tournament. But a couple of things I wanted to point out here. Um, you know, at the end of the day, as Coach Kingston has repeatedly said, Monty, all these guys say this. I mean, it, it's true. It's what is your record? Are you winning games or not winning games? Right. And, um, you know, fans, uh, us fans, we, we try to look deeper into that. Some know more than others, certainly. And say, yeah, but if that keeps up with the SEC coming, how's it going to work? And then those are all fair questions. Uh, I would say the one thing this year that if you could really, really say, hey, look, they've been great except for blank. It has been the, the few bugaboos they've had on defense. And and I, I'm pretty confident they'll get most of this cleaned up. And I know that Monty had mentioned that, too. I will point this out, though. Um, with that 968 fielding percentage, and, and generally, you know, you want that thing about five to seven points higher and you feel really good about yourself defensively. Carolina has the second most chances in the league, 440 chances this year. Now, LSU has a 991 um, uh, fielding percentage, which is basically tied at the top in the SEC, only 350 chances. Okay, so you're talking about another 90 chances for the Gamecocks defense, and they've they've really only committed, you know, a few more errors than LSU. Uh, I think it's like 10 more errors than LSU has. So you got to get it cleaned up, but th but those are things that you want to make sure that you kind of consider when you look at the numbers. Um, but so far, hey guys, they're 11 and one. I mean, if you could have drawn up anything, you would have absolutely taken 11 and one with a series win over Clemson after 12 games. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Record for Artists sure. Yeah, you game. take it all day long. <laughs> now you get a shot to be really if, if you if you think about it, this team because you, you got kind of a, a a nice like a not an overwhelming first two series in the SEC. They're all tough <clears throat> going to Foley Field in Athens, Georgia is always tough. Missouri seems to find a way to beat the Gamecocks in every sport. It seems um, <clears throat> for some reason. Uh, but realistically, I mean, you got a shot to run this record up, guys, to like 17 and one, 17 and one, 22 and four, before and four you get and two, yeah, or, or 23 and three and five and one before LSU comes to town, yeah. Um, yeah. which, which you know, that, that, that that's part of that's been part of the issue around here is that the Carolina has dropped in previous seasons, like midweek games, preseason games, games that should not drop. Uh, and then you get to SEC play, and even if you win 13-14 with a not-so-great team, uh, you know, uh, you're already screwed as far as the regionals go. But that's uh, it's part of the reason Coach Tanner always kind of scheduled this way is because, you know, the RPI takes care of itself because of the SEC play and plus Clemson, plus North Carolina. As Coach Keyston pointed out, 34 of the 56 games are going to hang in the balance. So – um, you need those wins. They're, they're valuable wins. Um, I think Citadel and Upstate, that's kind of a tough twofer right there. Uh, and I know we didn't hear Coach Lee's uh, response because of the I know. the great cell phone service on 176. <laughs> but uh, uh, it, um, I, I think those two programs are going to be tough. I mean, I, I think the Gamecocks can't just show up. Now, the good news is, unlike last year, when you're starting like your ninth guy, uh, your guy that may not quite be ready to go pitch, you know, the Gamecocks are probably going to start here. Jerzen, Beck, and Becker, maybe. Would, that, would those be the guys? I mean, this week? These guys are pretty good guys, pretty good players, right? So, you know, 
Yeah. What you think? Uh, yeah, Eli will probably get get the ball in one game. I, I don't. You might see Eli Jones in there too. Um, okay, Kate Austin, maybe. I don't no, know. no, they won't. They won't start him. I, I would think. You know, we'll have to. We'll have to see. Uh, but I would think Eli Jones is probably a name to keep an eye on in the midweek as well. Um, you know, the the Citadel. This will be. This is an interesting game because you're coming off of the the um, the emotion of this Clemson series. And you're going to play a midweek game against a bunch of a bunch of kids who this is, you know, this is their World Series, and and it's been like this for a long, long time. Got a, a ton of connections to Citadel baseball, and I mean this very respectfully. Absolutely, nothing. I have so much respect for anybody that go, attends the Citadel and plays athletics there as well. But you know, they take it very personal when they get chances to play South Carolina, Clemson. Uh, coastal Carolina and um, and so you know they're gonna be ready to go tomorrow night Blake Cooper's the pitching coach at the Citadel you know he's one of the best scouters out there he knows how to pitch guys he can't throw the pitches for him but he, he understands how to do that and then you got an upstate team guys that y'all been mentioning this for a couple of weeks so hats off to the both of you I think it caught people's eye when they beat Clemson but that is a that's a good team I think you asked one of you asked Coach Lake last week, just at, at just as cur- out of curiosity, what it, what has kind of changed up there, and I think he hit the nail on the head in the fact that they've dumped into the JUCO ranks and they've gotten a bunch of transfers, and it's a really good league to play in. Um, so this is going to be an interesting week, and um, I mentioned before the season that if they could go sixteen and two in their first eighteen non cons. They're they're really setting themselves up to to be a two seed at at, at worst, because um, they're going to win games in the SEC, uh, and they're buying themselves more and more. T- even if you're, they're buying themselves a buffer is what I'm getting at. If you're you finish the year 14 and 16, or maybe even 13 and 17, but you've won everything else, you're in the you're in the postseason, uh, and you're in there as probably a two seed. And anything better than that, you're you're really knocking on the door, if not firmly hosting. Unfortunately, Skylar Mead's team got the best of uh, the old alma mater this weekend. Uh, they, Troy swept them 5-2, 15-9, and 10-0. Uh, they got Sacred Heart tomorrow night at Harley Park in Spartanburg, and then they play the Gamecocks uh, over at Floor Field. So, um, what yeah, were the so this scores in that series? What were the scores? 5-2, 15-9, and 10-0. Seven innings, they cut it 10-0. Man, so, Skyler's got it going, man. I don't think they've probably. lost a game. Well, uh, I'm going to tell you this about just in athletics in general. Troy, UAB, and South Alabama are all good jobs across the board, football, baseball, basketball, because there's so many athletes in that state, um, and they're they're not power five in football, but they're all FBS. And uh, you can you, – Couple together a pretty good squad in all sports. Baseball is not a there's no exception. I mean, there's great baseball talent in the state of Alabama. Alabama and Auburn can't take everybody. And a lot of times Auburn, you know, they'll they'll go a third, a third, and a third. You know, they're hitting Georgia heavily because they're right there. They're hitting parts of Florida heavily too for players. And so, you know, a, a lot of those second tier Alabama athletes, and in baseball, it may not even be a second tier guy because of scholarship money. Um, 
they're there for the taking and they all want to stay home. I mean, they're not uh, Alabama kids only travel if they, if they, if they must, so to speak. Um, so I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that's a good job. Uh, I think they care about baseball down there and Scholar does have it going. Oh. So that's good. Um, yeah. Did have a football question because I know we got Keith on the other side about Josh Simon um, potentially playing in, in the slot. Uh, you know, that that was something that kind of got kicked around when he first got there. Uh, I think Hale mentioned it on our website, and I've mentioned it a couple of times. But after talking to some folks that are very familiar, he's he's just a straight tight end. Um, him and Knox, you know, one's 255, one's 242. Um, and then the kid Elksness they've got, and by the way, if you're not a member, you can join the bigspur.com and read my tight end deep dive today. <laughs> I wrote it this morning. <clears throat> Elksness from Florida, 6'6", 252. He's a big old kid, too. And uh, something interesting, I think they got lost about Elksness. He, he's got three years of eligibility left. So, uh, whereas Knox and Simon will be done after this coming season. So, I uh, especially with Nick Harbor now being a receiver, um, I, don't, I don't know that you're going to see them need to move Simon into the spot that slot. Now, are they going to have plays with the tight end motions and goes out and split? Yes. Yeah. That, that's, that's part of, um, part of the offense. But uh, as far as him working and moving to steps room or something like that, I don't, I don't see it happening. And, you know, whereas I felt strongly Jaheim Bell was a receiver first and foremost and not a tight end. I think Knox and Simon and Elks, I think these guys are all straight up tight ends. They're just big athletes. Uh, and uh, I would, I, I, I think there's reason for a lot of optimism uh, at that, that position as long as they can stay healthy because you, you have a few injuries there. Uh, you're 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 all of a sudden your tight end room is very very young. So uh, Knox and Simon they need to stay healthy. Uh, you know for that room. So, uh, anyway, that was a fun conversation. Yeah, good stuff always with Monty Lee. He's on the road. Unfortunately, it ended a little premature. But that's all right. I, I texted him and said, "You're you're free to go." Won't <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep so, you any longer. <laughs> no, Jeff uh, Harbor. Yeah, Jeff, is Jeff Harbor receiver. is not a tight end. He's, He's a, wide a wide receiver. receiver. So that's that's the deal. Yeah. I'll be your wide receiver. All right, we got to hit a break. Thanks to Monty Lee uh, coming up in hour two. Keith Allset leads us off. Be right back. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me. JB, your Low Country real estate broadcaster. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. 
in-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Sideline is picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Chicken's got some racial spurs, spurs, spurs. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the coop, star of the show. You're a rooster who was born to crow. Well, I bet you wonder when, when you win or lost a step or two. Fell down the peck in order, couldn't fight like you used to. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. It's live from the Sinorama Columbia Studios. And, of course, brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662. Or shoot him an email, johnb at expresssunrooms.com to talk about maybe enclosing a porch or a patio for you to enjoy the outdoors bug-free this summer. And we're joining the Gamecocks. Yeah, Sit on well, the bug-free me. patio and watch Carolina baseball. That's right. That's right. Or maybe hopefully. even probably a little early to get it in for the spring game. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, hopefully. I mean, I'm sick of baseball season ending in April. That's what I do with my May and June, man. I mean, no, no, no. Baseball season ends in the regular season ends at the end of May. If baseball season's ending in April for you, you're missing about a third of the year. No, I'm I'm saying it's just basically like last year. I was in it. I was like, oh, man. This is frustrating. It's frustrating. But uh, JC, your schedule, you need to scroll down on the schedule. It's it's getting cut off around April 30th. Your computer screen, there's a little, there's a little, uh, gray block on the right hand side with an arrow scroll down there's more games <laughs> more to come but uh right, real quick uh jeff uh jeff says that harbor should be a tight end i don't agree with that year one maybe no. maybe at some point year one he's only 225 pounds and they don't have a receiver like him uh you know you, you have kylie horton who's going to be there in time but you don't have that six four six five guy that can go up and get it uh, you add a speed on to I think he's a I mean I I don't agree that he should be a tight end or a defensive end right now. Um maybe in time. It kind of depends on how big he gets, but I don't know how much bigger he's gonna get because he's an Olympic sprinter. So yeah. anyway, Keith Alsep joins us. Uh Keith won a uh, really great win for the women, great performance in Greenville. So I wanted to pick your brain because this has been on my mind and you know the history of the sport and everything a little better, much better than I do. So Carolina is either going to go undefeated or they're going to have a bitter, bitter loss to end the season. You know, their, their, their next loss will be their last game. If they go undefeated, how does this team rank in comparison to some of the great women's basketball teams in the history of the sport? Question. Well, JC, great question. Uh, I'm with you on Nicholas Harbor. Uh, although I do think he could play in the slot. I mean, you don't have to be attached to be a tight end, but that dude ain't blocking. 
uh, much. Maybe he'll block into C area. That will say Will Muschampism. Um, the C area. So I think you'd have to go back to UConn. I think they had uh, at least two or three back-to-back-to-back undefeated seasons, and then they had their 100 and how oh, shoot, yeah. 112, 114, 116 game win streak snapped in Dallas when uh, itty bitty Morgan Wooten, five foot three, hit the shot, heard around the world that night in Dallas. A much bigger shot than Caitlin Clark hit to beat Indiana, and she acted like they had just won the freaking gold medal and the national championship. I'm just sick of the hype. She's a really good player, but come on, man. For South Carolina, I think this this freshman class, JC, as Dawn Staley and others have documented, I don't know that we'll ever see another one like it because of the transfer portal, uh, because of the fact that, you know, there's eight or nine or 10 McDonald's All-Americans on her roster every year. People are not going to stay and wait their turn. We saw, you know, another number one recruiting class. You had a defection from Sanaya Rivers. I think what this team, if they cap off back-to-back national championships and go undefeated, certainly I don't think, really any team over a four-year stretch in South Carolina history will match or has matched what they will accomplish. I mean, you have to remember their freshman year, they were robbed of the NCAA tournament by COVID. They were easily the number one team in the country that year. Their sophomore year, they lost because, you know, Bree Beal and missed a layup and Aaliyah Boston had to rush the tip at the buzzer. And then she had to live with that for a year. That's all they showed on ESPN was uh, her crying face. Then they win it last year and now they've gone wire to wire. They won 38 games in a row. Uh, so I guess the number for this season would be 38 because they are 32 and oh six games are required to win the national championship if they go 38 and oh I think it ranks right up there with the Yukon dynasty and with the Pat Summit dynasties and with the caveat of players weren't bailing out to go play somewhere else because they knew they had to sit out for a year and wait. Now you can just go and play. Hell up there's I think one girl that plays for LSU, she's played for four different colleges. Keith. Texas A&M, or no, uh, Baylor, Texas A&M, Rutgers, and then LSU. Four colleges in five years. Hey, Keith, nobody's ever won in the the SEC. Nobody's ever won seven of nine – women's tournament titles Tennessee's won seven of ten South Carolina has now won seven of nine it's the first time that's ever happened Tennessee clearly has won more tournament titles they've won 17 although the longer Don stays here that number is going to be eclipsed because this you know what this you know what this is um 
this tournament means something to this this program. Um, we all knew that they you mentioned it last week and you're dead on. You know, they didn't have to do anything in this tournament. They could have gone one and out. They're still gonna be the top seed in, in the dance and and have a clear path to the national championship. Um, but you know what this reminds me of, Keith? This reminds me of LSU and baseball. LSU takes it very serious, the SEC baseball tournament, whereas a program like South Carolina over the years is kind of, yeah, well, I mean, even the year, JC, you mentioned earlier, the 50 and 6 in 2000, ah, well, you know, it Drew has, Drew has mentioned this to me. I'm not trying to call anybody out, but they they were not, okay, let's just go, let's go to Hoover and win this thing. They were focused on, let's get to Omaha. Um, but this, Don seems to have, Keith, you, you, you take it from here. But but Dawn seems there, there's there's a lot of boxes every year. She is like hell bent on checking all of them. Let's win every title we can. They all mean something. Let's set all the records. Like, doesn't it? Doesn't do you feel the same way? Do you see that? Because that's 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 the way it looks. Like they take it personal. So I think Dawn Staley is the ultimate competitor. She played that way. Uh, her entire career at Virginia in uh, professional basketball with Team USA. And that has not gone away. And look, Dawn Staley, she gets it, right? Like, they ain't winning 11 like Gino. They're not winning. She's not winning 17 like Pat Summit, But she loves trophies. She hates losing and she wants every trophy and every net that she can cut down. There's no doubt about it. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's just the drive. And like, honestly, I don't think Aaliyah Boston gives two rats behinds about, the national player of the year, she'd much rather win another national championship and let Caitlin Clark have her trophy after they lose to Creighton again in the second round of the NCAA tournament. I mean, there are bigger things on deck for this team. There was not a massive celebration when they beat Tennessee. Were they excited? Yes. I thought they were more excited – on Saturday when the reserves scored the final 12 points against Ole Miss, you could see every time a freshman or a newcomer scored a basket, uh, everybody on the bench jumping up and down, waving towels. I mean, this is a special group. I don't know that we will ever see one like this again. It is a family. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the video, but – uh, Letitia Ami here, who yeah. scored 16 points in the second half against Arkansas, who scored 17 and did a brilliant job uh, on Ole Miss's top two scores. She didn't do as much on Sunday. She didn't make the all-tournament team. Aaliyah Boston stood up and just announced to the team, hey, we wouldn't have made it here without L.A., she deserved to be on that team. I'm giving her my all-tournament team award. I mean, just reason number 987,371 why Aaliyah Boston is just so special 
uh, as a person, as great of a, a player as she is, I think her as a person, I just think is unmatched at, at South Carolina. I mean, she is just a – the story is special. What she's done is special. The way she's matured, her IQ, Dawn Staley's already said it. There won't be another Elite Boston walking through those doors. So, you know what's interesting, y'all? Like, collectively, if we all think about this, like you just mentioned something, uh, Keith, that, that you mentioned that award that Aaliyah in the video handed off. Um, I was talking about this this morning with Preston and Bill on 107.52. And the how, – how many – so before I say – how many McDonald's All-Americans are on this team? I know there's at least 10. Is there 11, 12, 10? Somewhere in there. Uh, I think it's it's nine or ten. LA was not eligible because she played in Canada, but she was one of the top ten players in the country. Okay. So I think it's nine, but it, it probably should have been ten. Okay. So you have ten players who could have basically gone anywhere they wanted to. They all show up here. Um you, you mentioned the senior class. Clearly, there there was good leadership in the locker room before they got here as well, because you know you're, you're you watch your your older group, and and you, sometimes you follow in their footsteps, sometimes you don't. But they had good leadership. But you're seeing like all the you're bringing up all these selfless examples. Leah Boston handing over a trophy and uh, cheering for you know some of the young ladies who were just sitting on the bench wanting to get into the game, they're scoring on, they're more excited about that than actually maybe even winning the title. And they're, they all come in. They've got to have some type of ego. I mean, they have to, they're the best players in the country, but yet Don Staley finds a way to, when you're in that uniform, all of you equal the same because we're trying to accomplish something here. That's greater than what you could individually do. I just think, like, I, I, I guess what I'm getting at here is describe how Don has been able to do this because there are just very few people in any sport in this country who can take that many superstars, put them on one roster, and have them all moving in one direction without a bunch of uh, – you might have one or two defect, but out without a, a large group of transfers every year in an era where it's very popular to do so. So I think it starts with uh, the recruiting process and getting to know the families. I think that's very important for her when they go in the home to observe the dynamic with the parents and, and the player who, who runs the home, who is respectful, who's humble, uh, or who is basically bossing around their parents or not paying attention. I think it's not just the superstars, it's getting the right superstars. It's getting the players that come from the right family. And then, let's face it, Dawn Staley's an icon, but I remember back, and I don't know the couple's name, I should know it, but she brought in this couple who uh, they do team-building activities, not just for basketball, but for corporations and all kinds of organizations. She brought them in. But it, it truly starts with 
Dawn Staley only wants players who want to be pros and who understand what it takes to be pros. She only wants players that come from good families where they are used to discipline because they have to be able to accept discipline and players that want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. I mean, you saw it. It was, uh, I'm not making it up. It was actually in an article on one of the reasons why Saniya Rivers transferred is she had been injured. Plus she was a true freshman. South Carolina had lost the year before to NC state. It was their last loss uh, up until that final four loss or is their only, is their last home loss. I know that. Okay. And she was pissed off because she didn't get to play against NC State because she was from North Carolina. Well, I mean, she's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, look, I'm sure, hey, Saniya Fagan, who was like the number three player in the country, she probably wants to play more. Ashlyn Watkins wants to play more. Talasia Cooper wants to play more. Breezy Hall, who when she comes in, she gets it done. She probably wants to play more, but they want to win another national championship. And they know that with the players that are graduating, their time's coming to take over the mantle, so to speak. Like the Freshies, they learned from Mad Kiki and from Ty Harris. Those were their senior leaders. They were freshmen on Dawn Staley's first national championship team with Asia Wilson and Kayla Davis and Alicia Gray, uh, Bianca Cuevas-Moore, Elena Coates, who was injured. I mean, there were a lot of really good players on that team. And so we don't know what's going to happen. It's March Madness. It's Madness for a reason. I do think there are more teams. You look at conference tournaments all around the country – I think South Carolina might have been the only top seed in any of the power conferences to win their conference tournament. I mean, I don't know how Stanford has five losses and they're still a one seed. Yeah. On Charlie Cream's latest bracketology. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Who should be? Who should be? That's all because of Vanderveer. Name who, who, should, who should be the four? I mean, we know Carolina. Um, I think Charlie's got Stanford, Indiana, and Virginia Tech as the other three one seeds. Who should be the four one seeds? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I do think it's hard because you have had so many recent losses, but you know, it looked like Utah could be on the one line. It looked like LSU until they got beat by Tennessee, which, uh, I'm not going to say uh, the regularly handsome bald guy with the goatee uh, predicted that most certainly could happen. Uh, they're, they're out now. Well, Phil you know, I mean, it may, it may just be out of default that Stanford gets a one seed. You know, Indiana got beat. Uh, after they got beat on the buzzer beater, they got beat. Maryland got beat. Uh you know, Stanford got beat. Utah got beat. I mean, UCon, uh, UConn, you know, AZ Fudd is back. 
I, I think it's kind of wide open other than South Carolina because South Carolina is clearly the number one overall seed. I do think Indiana belongs on the one line, uh, even though they did not win. Honestly, I would probably still have Maryland on the one line. And then maybe just over the body of work, maybe it's it's Utah. Over Stan- I mean, Stan- five losses. Come on. Uh, I mean, Stanford probably has the second-best roster in the country, but they got five losses. Mm. And three of them were in, in their league. And to me, that just doesn't scream so, number one seed. So you think if LSU would have beaten Tennessee, they would have been locked in as a one seed? I think if the championship game on Sunday would have been competitive, I do think LSU would have been on the one line. Or at least I would have, after all the madness that went on in the conference tournaments, I think they would have deserved to have been on the one line. I do. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, let's see. Stanford has five losses. Maryland's got six losses. LSU's got two, right? Um but, I mean, look, they, their non-conference was not like Stanford or Texas or Tennessee Fair. or anybody Fair. else. Yeah. I mean, it was it was basically Charleston Southern, Wofford, uh, Campbell, uh, North Carolina A&T, uh, the Acme School of Typewriter Maintenance, and uh, Rhode Island School of uh, Art and Design, and then – uh, Savannah School for Art and Design. I, well, you uh, let, come on. Let's be fair. Typewriter maintenance would be a difficult course to take these days because typewriters aren't around anymore. If you pass that class, you've you've done. That doesn't mean you're good at basketball, though. No. <laughs> well, I thought, Scad, I thought Scad did have a basketball team. Maybe not. Maybe I'm making that up. Uh, baseball had a pretty good weekend. Keith went over Clemson. Um, my thoughts were that uh, around the seventh inning on Saturday, the whole thing turned and. They kind of look like Gamecock baseball again. You know, your thoughts about uh, the Gamecocks taking one from the Tigers and also sweeping uh, all four quote-unquote major sports this year from their rival. Well, I mean, J.C., I know what your thoughts were at about 11.33 Friday night on uh, South Carolina and Clemson, but uh, it did turn on Saturday. Uh, um, oh, now, I wasn't pleased. I wasn't pleased. Look, look uh, I, I just had hail on, on my pod before I joined you guys, and I, I'm certain that there was a lot of angst and consternation Friday night. I wasn't able to keep up with it because I was on, on uh, uh baseball field until almost 10 o'clock and then driving home and then getting up early, going straight to bed, and getting up going uh, for games yesterday. Sunday, I did get to watch a little bit and what looked like a, just a beautiful afternoon at Founders Park. But first time since 2011-2012 uh, school year, South Carolina sweeps Clemson in the big three men's sports. And quite a tall task when you're talking about Shane Beamer in year two, <clears throat> upsetting number seven Clemson. Uh, eliminating them from the college uh, football playoff, which was still very sweet. Lamont Paris shockingly winning a home game, uh, one of the few 
until Saturday when they beat Georgia in a game that probably set the sport back 40 years. Um, you get that one, and then you start off, you know, with an L, with Will Sanders on the mound, and you're like, oh, shoot, here we go again. And then the bats wake up. They, you know, come back. They pound Clemson. They hold on uh, to win 11-9. And then uh, Sunday, I mean, what a job on the mound there, getting a 7-1 win. And so South Carolina is a better baseball team than Clemson this year. They should have either swept or won two out of three in that series, and they did. And, uh, you know, along with Dawn Staley winning that game by over 30 points uh, again, you know, it's a it's a sweep, but it, it's bigger just in the fact that men's sports at Carolina have not been competitive against Clemson. And this school year, they sweep in the big three, despite the fact that I think they went like 10 and 21 or 11 and 21 in men's basketball. Uh, but there were some high points. And so good for South Carolina. So, so what now what? Uh, because SEC is play is going to determine it. You've got to win 16 or 17 conference games at a minimum to get in the NCAA tournament. And then I still think uh, – you're either got to get to Omaha or you better get to game three of a super regional. If you're Mark Kingston to feel like you're not going to have to call the movers after the season is over. How about the draw with the men? They do get Ole Miss. They've already beaten them once this year. The unfortunate thing is if they get through Ole Miss, uh, there's Tennessee standing there again, just waiting on them to show up. <laughs> Well, another 40 piece for old Rick. Oh man. Yeah, he's from Hickory, Hickory, North Carolina. <laughs> these guys don't like these guys, this team does not like to be guarded. They don't any team. I mean, Buzz Williams beat them too. I mean, it's a, that same style of coach. I mean, yeah, you know. Yep. But uh Ole Miss uh has had a coaching change. Um Gosh, I remember when they hired Kermit Davis. He came in immediately, took him to the tournament. They're like, "Ah, we're glad we got rid of Andy Kennedy." Nothing but losing. They may hire since. Chris Beard. They I read very that well hire Chris that. Beard. I read that they're looking into that. So that'd be another terrific coach in the Southeastern Conference. Man, but that guy um, is, he's a stud. You know, I, I think Keith the win over Georgia was big because it. You look at it; it they would have set a record for losses in the season had they, uh, had they not beaten Georgia um, as it stands now, the next loss will be 21 uh, Fogler and Horn had 21 loss seasons. So, you know, you kind of avoid that on, on your, on your resume, your first year for Lamont Paris. I think that's pretty solid. And then there's some things getting, getting better, but man, they've got a lot of work to do uh, in the portal and, uh, recruiting and and really getting this roster back up to snuff, don't you think? Yeah, JC, there's no doubt. I mean, I, to answer the question, I do think they can beat Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss, what are they playing for? I mean, their coach yeah. is, is fired. You know, that should be a game if you're South Carolina to me. 
you ought to win that game. I mean, you, yeah, you laid an egg at home like you did against everybody else in SEC play except for Alabama, who you really, you know, if you had any coaching at all in, in the final moments, you, you would have won that game. You, you played maybe the best team in the country. You played them toe-to-toe for 45 minutes, right? You, you won at Oxford. You should be able to beat them on a neutral site. But, I mean, you know, what's G.G. Jackson thinking? Is he thinking, well, this is my last game. Am I going to go out in style or, well, after this, you know, I'm getting paid. I mean, he misses that dunk on Saturday and doesn't even run down to the other end of the floor. And that was from the great Derek Scott, uh, as I'm listening in the car driving from one site to the next. And so they do have a lot of work, no doubt. I mean, I think you need a bigger guard uh, that can handle the ball and that can score. I think you need a small forward that absolutely can fill it up. And then I think you need a stretch big um, that can be a pick-and-pop guy, maybe a guy like uh, Cesar Edwards, who's not playing much uh, at Xavier, uh, that, like a lot of guys in state, didn't want to play for the previous head coach. Uh, I, you know, but they they got to get players, or year two is not going to be much better. Now, hey, there is a lot to like about how Jacoby Ford improved, or not Jacoby Ford. I'm sorry, Jacoby Wright. I, I thought he got much better. Uh, Michi Johnson played a full season for the first time since his sophomore year in high school. Uh, Zachary Davis is a promising freshman. Josh Gray, I think, is getting better. Daniel Hankins Sanford. I mean, there are pieces. And then you hope Ebo, Abrema Debo, the, uh, the 6'6 transfer from Coastal, who blew out his Achilles, can come back. I think he would have been a critical piece for this team you know where you don't have to go to a freshman or you don't have to play you know another tiny guard and and have three six foot or six one guys on the floor at the same time but the transfer portal is going to I think this year determine Lamont Paris's future at South Carolina right or wrong you're not getting five years anymore I don't even know if you're getting three years, I, I think the portal, and then I think the players he signs in November. You know, can he get a Cam Scott? Can he get some of these other highly touted guys? Or can he get Cam Scott to pull a G.G. Jackson and graduate in the summer and enroll? You know, there, there was talk about that. If G.G. would have gone to North Carolina, Cam Scott was going to uh, graduate early and go play with him at North Carolina – um, North Carolina doesn't seem to be as big a factor with Cam Scott and his recruitment anymore. So very much to be determined. I do think there's some pieces, but you got to get a lot better through the transfer portal. There's no question about that. No question about that, Keith. We'll see what they can pull off uh, in the tournament this week. Uh, hopefully at least one more win to, to end the season on some type of decent note. we got to let you run because – we are way past due for a timeout. 
Uh, but uh, man, that's too bad because I had a great Brewster's. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Brewster's Millions. Yeah, but, but you remember the baseball game, the Hackensack Bulls, and the New York Yankees exhibition. They play it in the field, and the train comes rolling by. <laughs> I'm umpiring that game on Saturday. Literally, the t- the visiting team has on the Yankee pinstripe, and the home team has on the blue and white uniforms. In the third inning, the train comes rolling by, and it rolls for like the entire inning. In between innings, I asked the parents, you ever seen that movie, Brewster's Millions? <laughs> and they immediately just start cracking up because their minds, just like mine, goes to that scene of the, the train rolling by in the movie. So, It's like the anyway. old Sarge. Yep. Mm, like, hey. like the Sarge. Go Gamecocks. You guys have a great week. Thanks for having me on. It's always, uh, always good to see a fellow Domer and uh, JC. It's good to see your hair. Maybe it's warming up up there. You don't have a cap or hat on. So maybe it's, uh, it's warming up. It is. I have 67 a day in thunderstorms. All right. Outstanding. In the right direction. <laughs> All right, Keith, take care, man. All right, we got to hit a break. We'll hit a break, then Phil will come back about about 11.45 and hit the final one so we can squeeze it in. Just uh, somebody wave at us, or we'll wave at each other and stuff. Uh, got more I'll than that. I got also an email from Down Under. I saw that. Yeah, I was just reading mailbag. We'll be back having these messages on the show. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Foss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. 
Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone sent you. This is Fresh and All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil. Twelve thirty-eight. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks. The show. It is the official start of your work week. Monday. The work week is teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com. I mentioned last week that I'm finally, guys, a member of a club. Somebody let Sons of Anarchy wouldn't let me in, but these guys did. Uh, TravelingCountryClub.com, where you can play over forty courses in the Carolinas, and they've got some awesome ones like Caledonia up in the Myrtle Beach area. And I'm going to the mountains this week. Uh, we're leaving on Wednesday. I'm planning to play up there in Waynesville, uh, the Waynesville Inn and Golf Club. It's a course I've not played. Uh, in that area we stay in maggie valley so it's only just a few minutes away and looking forward to that and the discounts are ridiculous to be able to play all these courses so if you haven't checked it out uh you need to do so if you and your buddy maybe you got a friend and y'all are like man y'all y'all like to go out and play a lot of golf this is the perfect thing uh, make sure you join it and you can take little day trips all over the state of south carolina uh, the state of north carolina adding courses all the time there's so many other perks like discounts and things of that nature, travelingcountryclub.com. Become a member today and tee it up with travelingcountryclub.com. You know what they need to do, actually? I keep – the more we talk, the more these ideas come in my head. Who's going – like, is there a golf course that would let you, in, in lieu of riding around in a golf cart, like having some type of uh, – uh, like hitch where you could pull your clubs behind you on like one of the uh, electric bikes. Like what somebody you're, you're talking, you're, you're talking synergies now. Synergies. Yeah, I like How that. about that. Like, would you, but think about that. Like you could probably get away with that on uh, the Pebble Creek course that I live on here in Taylor's, which actually is part of the uh, TCC program. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Phil, That's by the way, point. I forgot you also lived in Pebble Creek the other day. Yeah, yeah. I, I was talking about the, the bougie course over in uh, California, and then it dawned on me, that neighborhood is called that they live in is called Pebble Creek, too. So, Well, I think the golf anyway, course in California is Pebble Beach. Then I'm a complete moron. <laughs> <laughs> that joke went over like a lead balloon, didn't it? That's um, yeah, right. so. Ah, it's, it's it's still nice to live in the same place Phil does, just in, yeah, you know, eight hundred miles away or something, something like that. But, uh, <laughs> it's a big neighborhood, yeah. But anyway, yeah, dude, I I like that idea. I can see somebody on an electric bike hauling their clubs. I think. Let's ask Meredith if that's uh, if that's allowed. Well, she plays more golf than we do. It's at the course's discretion. Oh. So. Cool. I mean, well, nobody's policing what's going what, on on this one, hey, JB. I can promise you. <laughs> what is, uh, Hane? Are you t- are you talking about the Waynesville Inn course? He's, Hane said it, it's a beautiful course. I love it. I want to see if he's, that's what he's talking about. As long as the weather cooperates, I'm planning to play at the end of the week up there. So, um, 
I I do I want to bring something up that was on your message boards this morning, JC, because um, I posted that Monty was going to be on the show today, and somebody responded and said, "Hey, Jamie, please check out the oot oot thread," and and so I went and looked at it, uh, which I have not seen much of anything on message boards for the last few days, and um, and I said, "Hey, you know what? I'll mention that today for anybody that's going what the oot oot thread, uh, you know, Mister Bill." Uh, one of the great Gamecocks who passed a few years ago. You've probably seen his photo. We had our season opening video. I had a, a kind of a not a tip of the cap to him in there. He used to wear a baseball helmet around with stickers all over it. He used to throw candy to everybody in the stands. But he used to shout, oot, oot, uh, from Sarge Fry Field and on over to Founders Park. Um, and that was just kind of his rallying cry for the Gamecocks. You'd hear it, and you knew where he was. Um, but it, there's this thread that got – created about this on the big spur about how how do we implement this how do we bring this back as a fan base into the ballpark and it is one of the more unique things in the history of Gamecock baseball from the fan side and um so for those that um for those that um you know think about that if you're Gamecock baseball fans and you go to the ballpark my thought was my thought was kind of like the Gamecock chant. You know, when you get two strikes on a hitter, one side starts oot and the other one oot, 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 back and forth till the guy strikes out. Or maybe after every batter that walks up is announced, now batting Braylon Wimmer, you just hear oot, oot, you know, after every hitter. Just kind of a rallying cry. Those are just my thoughts, two cents. I could be way off base here. Uh, but somebody asked me if I knew somebody in the athletics department. Of course I do. I did send it to someone this morning, and they said they actually thought this was a really good idea. So we'll see if it gets legs. But I'll say this, guys, and y'all can probably back me up on this. Generally, uh, traditions are begun with the fans. It just kind of happens. So, like, if you're at a lot of Carolina baseball games and you want to help bring this back, and I said we've mentioned it on the program today, think about it. If you go, figure it out. Start something. Um, and, and, and make Founders Park, uh, you know, bring bring that back in honor of Mr. Bill, but certainly uh, make help make Founders Park even more difficult to play in. I think it'd be cool too. Somebody's mentioned something about like, like the Cubs victory flag. You don't fly the L's though. You, you just fly the oot oot after every win. And the flag just says oot oot. Remember, Batana yeah. was supposed to get a victory tower. You remember Hyman cut it? Oh, yeah. He remember cut. all that? <laughs> that, that <laughs> oh, Ray, oh, Ray had him a victory tower ready, about teed up and ready to go, you know. Um, which would have been awesome if you think about the, the victory tower lighting up after every win. But, uh, yeah, um, there are a lot of them. Uh, Jan, by the way, you guys remember when Clemson put Omaha on the back of their uh, hats, baseball hats? They're still there. Yeah, Jan says one told me they were one, one of their fans, and I don't know who this guy is, said they were honoring the soldiers slaughtered back on Omaha Beach during World War II. I told him he was lying. It was in sympathy of their ass getting slaughtered in Omaha, Nebraska by us in 2010. That's that's <laughs> that's not true. Why would somebody even say something like that? Not, I'm not talking like about made that up. Like, yeah, somebody made that up. Uh, yeah, Jan's not. Yeah, Dan, no, no, Jan, yeah. Dan, Jan called him out. That, that, I don't know, man. I would like to say... I mean, I I actually have more respect for Clemson as a fan base than to to, to say all of them would rally behind that type of uh, North mm. Korean level propaganda. 
Um, <laughs> but that you is, know, uh, seventy-six Gamecock says Kim Kim Mulkey looks like the Marlboro man. <laughs> but LSU's pretty good and should be a one seed. I they like that. Jay, James so was too, pissed man. Friday night and cussing, mowing his grass Saturday on the seventh inning. I'll admit my morale was not the best. Even though, like, okay, I did text. Who did I text? All right. <laughs> I got around to well. text Jamie. I was like, ah, it's baseball. We just got to go get them tomorrow or something like that. I was like, I, I kind of got back in positive mode or whatever. Uh, so, anyway, Lance Player, Latte Lance, in with what up, Killers? Any mm-hmm. news on possible edge recruiting? We'll know more about that when the portal opens, Lance, after – yeah. After the uh, after the period, but I, I'll say for 2024, they're in on a lot of guys. Uh, unfortunately, in 2024, there's not those couple of guys in state. I mean, and the, Carolina, I, I mark my words about next year, 2025 class. There's already a D tackle. You'll see two or three ends pop up because it's, it's been a while now. Uh, Rames has really been the only guy. Um, so, um, uh, 76 asked how Stone Blanton's coming along. Uh, he just needs to get faster and better and healthy and all that. But, you know, you can get faster at linebacker. You, you, you got Part of it's being comfortable with how you're playing. Yeah. Um, but I also want to stress that that uh, Stone does want to get better. Or, or, I mean, Stone does need to get faster because sometimes linebackers are they're, – they're plenty fast. It's just – their minds, they're taking false steps and they get behind and get sucked up and they look slow because they don't recover because they're not sure about what they're doing. Stone, though, he needs to do all that, but he also does need to get faster. I mean, you know, we saw him chase a guy down against Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, yeah, he needs to get a little faster. So, right, so yeah, he needs to drop the down there. He just chased a guy. He wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, he he just, he just he just chased a guy. He needs to get. He needs he's just to, going for a nice jog. Yeah, he's just going for a nice jog. Twenty-eight miles per hour would be fast for Stone Blanton. He'd be then traveling like in a Vinton bike. How about that? Uh, that you can find at Electric Bikes of Charleston. Electric Bikes Charleston. Yeah. Dot com powering inside the Gamecocks the show. All right, time for our final timeout. Uh, we will begin to wrap things up when we return here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Cinerama Studios. I want you to take me to Disney World. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As y'all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on earth. I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, In fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation or, you know, more likely your first so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com. And talk to Cherie, certified Disney vacation 
planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Aventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more. They sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the Lowcountry. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey, Mo Calvert here from Carolina Gamecocks. You're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show, brought to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Always get messed up on that fifth break. That's <laughs> okay. Yeah, I need to redo it, because the Disney no, commercial is very distracting. It... <laughs> I like that? it, though. Daddy. Oh, I, uh... oh, I've got the new Nana's Porch. I've got a musical one, too, like a, like a Celtic folk song. For Heritage Digital, <laughs> come down the lands of time where they don't fix your computer. Go see Matt Odom and he'll fix all your problems, sir. Anyway, I'll, I'll sing it for you soon. Just trust I like me. him. I'm working on the B commercials, guys, and I, I got some fresh ones. VJ mm-hmm. says it's downright creepy. It's downright it it kind of is. The, the little girl voice, I... I recorded that early one morning. I just did it in one take. I was like, I'm not going to mess time, mess with you know little girl voices and, and all that. But uh, anyway, uh, 76 says he feels like he's in The Shining when that happens. Uh, oh, Jan, Jan clarified on clips that it wasn't a fan; it was one of their players that but said that. He was that. kidding, there, right? Yeah, he, he was kidding. Jan, uh, Jan's seats are right above the. Deck. I could imagine if you're an opposing player having Jan sitting above your dugout's probably not a very Welcome development. Just know a Jan had the size of those beer trees. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um so, so Jamie, tells us go ahead. Yeah. No. Well, I just saw Jamie said the outfield at Clemson should be illegal because they have that hill towards the fence. Things bothered me forever, man. I, I I still don't know what the point of that is. Like mm-hmm. uh I mean I guess I do, but I mean I whatever i yeah. mean it just that fits right in we'll just leave it at that i, I gotta get this evan had some questions earlier evan and, and once somebody gets in the chat box three times with good questions i start to feel very bad so it's not really a question he goes sorry evan. uh will sanders has electric stuff it's one of his favorite players but he's got to stop trying to strike guys out trying to make perfect pitches if he's going to be effective has to work down in the zone i think we all agree with that yeah well he I was da- wanna... he was down more this week and but he's got to get his changeup going. He's got to get that changeup going. Yeah. Once his changeup's going, he's fine. Yeah, I agree. Do you keep uh, him I mean, in the I, lead? You know, on the Friday night spot, I I, I would. Yeah, I'd leave yeah. him there. I let it. Let him work. I would mess with him. Yeah, yeah. Against Bethune Cookman, I let him work through it. Um, I, I was thinking that too. I like because you don't want to get in his head. Like you know, oh, I've no, been no, demoted. No. Yeah, yeah. No, just let, let, let him. him let him work through it. His stuff's good enough. Let him work through mm-hmm. it. Evan asked about Tim Buckley, the assistant basketball coach. He says, "What do you guys think about the shot doctor addition to the staff?" Early on, didn't see his impact, but now I'm kind of impressed. Yeah, if he's the one doing it, because a lot of this, 
South Carolina made 90-something percent of their free throws the other day in a game. I think it was the game at Mississippi State. They lost by, what, five uh, or six? Um, look, and the box score, 99% from the free throw line. And I'm like, when has that ever happened ever? The Final Four team didn't hit that from the foul line. And you do have guys like Jacoby Wright that, that are finding their shot, Michi Johnson as well. So maybe that is an impact. I know Buckley has a long – yeah, uh, he, he's a legit dude in basketball circles. Hey, think I mean, about he, this too, guys. They've lost three league games this year in overtime. When's the last time that happened? I know. I mean, there are signs of life in this team. It's just not consistent enough to where you can, you know, that I feel very confident. <laughs> was Arkansas <laughs> home, yeah. was Arkansas at home in overtime? Did that go overtime, or was that just a last minute loss? Well, they lost. I it. was in Gatlinburg. Yeah, so I, I, was, I, I lost to Vanderbilt in OT in yeah. Nashville. They lost Alabama in OT at home. home. Then Maybe they it was lost. That Arkansas game. Was it Arkansas? Did that go OT? I don't remember. Well, somebody tell us. Anyway, it wasn't the Georgia game. Uh, I thought no, Georgia was Georgia. overtime on the road. Georgia, Georgia was overtime yeah, on yeah, the yeah, road. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. was three. Yeah. Plus that Arkansas game you lost in the last second. So, I mean, man, that, that could have been eight. That could have been an eight and ten record, which is, I think, what Auburn's record or one of those. Not what they always this are. Year. So um, eight and ten would not have been terrible. Only one game off from Frank last year. So, right. I, I, I don't know. Jeff was at a straight laced baby shower. The Gamecocks played Clemson in Omaha, and the top of the ninth, uh, uh, the, the, uh, I guess there was a dropped foul ball against Clemson, and he let a big f bomb rip. <laughs> It's all right. The baby shower. That's fine. The baby didn't hear it. If you were showering the baby, he would, it would have been muffled at least, you know, and then they yeah, wouldn't have understood fine. it. No, you no don't, you know, look, man, you, you, you got, I don't, you, you gotta, you have to look and anticipate the sports calendar before you start planning all this crap. Like I got an invitation to my, my little, my, well, he's not little anymore, but he's a senior at Wando. His, his, his graduation party. What day is that? Friday, June 2nd. What night is Friday, June 2nd? That's the opening night of the regionals. TBD. <laughs> I said, look, this is this is TBD. I mean, I I don't know. I, I give, I'll give you a heads up about the week before. I, I just don't know. Man, unless it's somebody that like. I mean, come on. This I'm, I'm over going to football, the weddings during football season. Uh, over. Yeah. I'm with Josh Pate. Don't yeah, do done it. on that now. Just don't just do it. Don't I've already, don't do it. Yeah, I've already, I've, I've really ruffled some feathers for the Mississippi State weekend already this fall. But I, I'm holding my ground. I'm not, I'm not bending on this. I said, don't look, bend. there's 365 days a year. You got 353 other days to pick from. Okay? This is America. There are, there are 51 other Saturdays. You figure it the <laughs> f out. No. <laughs> Son of a. Uh, bleep, 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 bleep. Don't do it. I mean, well, two of my best friends on the planet have gotten married in the fall. Uh, one uh, was a long, well, no, he actually did it twice, but he, he did it in August the second time, so that was fine. Uh, we got but married. In one August. was lucky because it was 2001, and that was the 9 11 year, and the game, the weekend he decided to get married, we actually watched Carolina play Mississippi State at the Bachelor Park. 
because it, 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 that game got moved to Thursday. My ex-brother-in-law, for whatever reason, gets married during uh, fall. But, ha-ha, lucked out. Kentucky game was on Thursday night that year, so we just went right on to Charleston out of the game. And then we had the Missouri game in 2019, and that's what did it for me. Because not only yeah. – I'm like, I guess there's three time slots. As long as it's not at 4 p.m., I'm fine. I'm good because this damn wedding's like at 5.30, right? They couldn't even have like an evening wedding. Like it's five, right in the middle of, you know, sure enough, Dinner 4 o'clock kickoff, yeah. <laughs> Mike Morgan, Mike Morgan's calling the game. We're all sitting, me and Phil. Phil's there. Phil was right there. Yeah. yeah. Even the groom was right there for most of the time. Like, what, what were you thinking? Well, I, just, I was just going to look at wasn't all that good of a game. Missouri? I mean, you just played Charleston Southern a couple of weeks ago. Why not then? And you're going to give us enough you know? time to tailgate before you uh, <laughs> kick off yeah. this ceremony? <laughs> I know. I know. So, we, so we get to get there and get all into the game and all liquored up at the bar. And then we have to walk way the hell over here. And uh, and then I'm, I'm on my phone. It wasn't a very good game. And then the 100-yard pick six happened. And I just shut down. Like yeah, I think that's when we turned it off. Yeah, I don't think I said it. I don't think I said a word the rest of the night. But um, anyway, so that that's what happened there. Seventy uh, six uh, wants Darius Rucker on the show. We'll work on it. That'd be yeah, good. We'll we can see. work on that. So uh, Quantrell says I used to be steadfast about going to weddings during football season, but this past year we were all huddled around the iPhone watching USC beat Kentucky at my friend's wedding. Oh and it was no, amazing I wouldn't time. have done it. Uh, well, absolutely n- nowadays not. though you can still watch the game like what if it what was what if it was before iphones no like like that in 2001 <laughs> yeah no <laughs> you had no Dude. there was no recourse Look, the answer is no oh <laughs> man hey so so and so's getting married in october don't care not gonna be there but it's your best I'm friend. Not anymore. Years old. not anymore <laughs> like, i don't need any more friends. friends either i don't need <laughs> friends done with it yeah i'm so not feeling if, well if you're not a while you know not to do that uh if you're my new friend i don't really need you <laughs> don't do it dude god no people know they know better with me don't, don't i think we have like, a russian oh. bot in the chat box Uh-oh, did we catch making one? my way in america it's Hi. been a while oh, oh i no. saw that no, well at least they aren't trying to you know good knowing all of like, you Yara Slava, and she's going to start emailing us. Send me $50. That's right. Quantrell's at Walterboro. Reception was spotty. Peace, yeah, Greg. No. James yeah. is like, with well, JB, he just... just uh, yeah, no. No. The answer is no. No. I remember, no. I will say, there's been one wedding where I was thrilled to be at, and it was Smoke's wedding, and they did we did play Arkansas at home, but I was in Smoke's wedding, so I didn't have any choice. <laughs> and... I was pissed until Arkansas was literally beating us 148 to nothing. And we were like, yeah, let's go get drunk. Yeah. It. Yeah. At some point you're just like, well, the game sucks. Lucky me. You know, yeah. it. it didn't miss much. So. It was like, I think that was 2010. Ah, Blind is like, Shiza. <laughs> our, res- uh, our resident bulldog here. All I right. Put that up because it's right. misspelled. Well, by the way, as we leave you, as of now, it is pretty much the Gamecocks loss for Clemson that's keeping them out of the NCAA tournament. Let's hope that stays that way. And another quick parting shot uh, in state. 
Latest Bracketology has Hofstra as an AQ over the College of Charleston. So that's interesting. That means somebody thinks they won't win their tournament, but they'll play tonight at 8.30 on the CBS Sports Network, and uh, we'll see what happens there. So did Furman good. win yesterday? Are they, is Furman oh, who, yeah, they did. It was a close game against Western Carolina. They beat Carolina. your Catamounts. Uh, overtime. Yep, overtime. Oh, wow. So Furman, so Bob Ritchie may get that elusive tourney bid. Are they playing Wofford or the other or Chattanooga? Uh, they. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess that is something right. I'm going to have to go look up. I'm going to enjoy my Southern Conference Monday, Phil. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, I'm with you, Jamie. No, it, it's Chattanooga. Great Chattanooga. rematch. Thanks, Clint. Chattanooga. All right, fellas. We Mental should hire tomorrow. Everybody, get ready. Mental edge. All right. See you tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks. Painted garnet and black by a couple of painters.